Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a Bull Week edition of the Lashing Out Podcast and Indy Sports Now Network. My name's Jared Pergar. I'm alongside Kevin Quigley and Joe Smelter of NSN. Joe, first and foremost, you're in Atlanta. You're in the in the Peach State. What's that been like, and, and what have you been doing since you got down there? Yeah, well, I got down, uh, got into the hotel probably about eight last night. Uh, hung out, hung around the media lounge a little bit, um, and then today it was a pretty long one. Started at eight fifteen with. Um, it's actually kind of neat how they do it. So, um, they had a total of five uh, people talking. Uh, the co-offensive coordinators Ty Howe and Jay Wan Sider, uh, and then well, seven people actually. The five players were Kane Wallace. B.O. Johnson, Drew Auer, Nicholas Singleton, and Katron Allen. Um, and they would have one group go out to the podium while the other was uh, in breakout rooms, and then they would switch, if that makes sense. So I thought that was a pretty efficient way. It ensured that uh, you'd get to spend um, quality – well, maybe not quality time, but be able to talk to everybody um, somewhat extensively. Um, so that was pretty good. And then uh, – Ole Miss talked. Uh, some of their defensive players and Pete Golding uh, got some good stuff there about Penn State's running game and uh, went to practice. Uh, shuttle for that left about 12.15. Uh, got to practice about 12.45. Practice windows about 15 minutes. And then after that, um, I walked around Atlanta for a bit and then toured the, got the tour to call a Triple Hall of Fame uh, with uh, Penn State's players, some fellow media, and um, it's pretty cool. Hall of Famer Anthony Poindexter um, got to be there, uh, which is pretty neat since there's a guy that's in the Hall of Fame, uh, touring the Hall of Fame. And uh, yeah, then uh, Penn State did not win the Battle of Bowl Week, unfortunately. Uh, fell two events short, I believe. They did win Family Feud, but ended up losing the overall tally. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's got there's a little more stuff tomorrow. There's no practice tomorrow. Well, there is practice, but no open window. So really, it's just... Uh, Penn State's uh, pressers uh, with offensive players and coaches and Ole Miss with uh, offensive players and coaches. And that's pretty much it uh, for tomorrow. And then uh, Friday um, is Franklin and Kiffin, and that's about it there. And, yeah, uh, we're uh, we're pretty locked and loaded for uh, Saturday. That's right. It, Atlanta seems like a, a good time. I travel down there starting on Thursday. And then I'll be down there sometime mid-afternoon or the evening uh, for the game itself. So I'm looking forward to to experiencing life in in Hotlanta. Um, now, have you seen the spread in the media room? Everybody everybody wants to know what we're going to be eating, and more so, I want to know so that I can kind of plan accordingly. Did they cater Magic City wings? No, it's um, as you can imagine, it's a lot of Chick Fil A, uh, and uh, they had steak for lunch uh so uh for lunch yeah steak for lunch yeah high dollar living it was i am i am on Uh, my way i am weird going now but yeah that's uh i think to me um when i see steak i don't i kind of lose track of everything else it's like you know steak okay like i don't i don't know like put brussels sprouts out there i won't even know so like if you got steak like that's an a plus so, that's it. Joe, Joe Smeltzer is a one man thrill ride. And he sees the snake or sees the steak. That's that's excellent. You know, the players seem to be having fun. Um, we'll get to the game here later on in uh, in the second segment. But 
you know, bowl week is a lot of fun for not just for the players and coaches. I mean, obviously there's business Penn state left on Saturday and got there. So it's been a, a real kind of a structured week for them. And it's a normal week, um, which is exactly how James Franklin did it. I have a story out on NSN about his process um, and why that matters. You see that all the time and you see that why there's no, why there have been, there's one opt out. And that was a guy that was injured chop Robinson. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It would be great to see chop play. But we all know that why that happens and how that happens. But to get guys like Olu Fashanu, guys like Kalen King, to come back, play in the bowl game, Theo Johnson even, Daquan Hardy, guys like that to, to not even think about leaving just yet, play one final time in the blue and white and get into the bowl game and, and play one last time, I think that speaks volumes of what James Franklin has been able to do at Penn State in his tenure uh, with the Nittany Lions. Yeah, one question, Joe. Did uh, Johnny Dixon practice? No, he uh, was not seen. Uh, that I'm sure that'll be addressed with Anthony Poindexter tomorrow. But uh, Johnny, I don't, I don't even think he practiced at the media's viewing window in State College on Bowl Media Day. He has, he wasn't seen at either of the uh, two uh, Bowl Week practices here. And I'm not even, I'm not certain he made the trip. I don't want to speculate, uh, but. Uh, Johnny has not been seen um, at practice, and that's a pretty good indicator that he has opted out. Nothing official yet, uh, but um, Johnny's obviously not going to be back next season. He's out of eligibility. He's going to the Senior Bowl. We accepted that, uh, but um, from the looks of it, he will not be playing Saturday. That's not official, but it looks like he has opted out. So, I mean, Kaylin no, that- King, King could come back next year. I. He didn't have the most stellar year, so he he's a guy who probably could come back, um, but no Johnny and no Chop. So those are two guys out of eligibility, and really two opt outs out of the NFL caliber roster that the that the Penn State has of draft eligible guys for them to mostly be playing. Just shows just how much the the game means to the team and to James Franklin's mission uh, leading the team as well. And the one player I think everybody was excited to see on the field is Trey Wallace. Um, Trey Wallace comes back from injury. He, to me, was their number one receiver in a year where Penn State really didn't have a number one. He was the number one guy when he was healthy. And I think that is going to be a big factor come Saturday for Drew Aller and the Penn State offense. Yeah, it it definitely is having Trey back and have him work with what, what has Andy been able to install? I know he's been on the sidelines. Um, Ty Howell and Jaywan Sider are still leading this program, but Andy probably still has his thumb on the scale in some way, shape, or form. Maybe he has a couple plays drawn up for him or, you know, just a, a play calling philosophy that's just hasn't been seen yet before. So it'll be interesting to get another weapon. Um, I know Sider and Howell are more than capable of leading this team and leading this offense. And we saw it the last time we saw him against Michigan State a month ago. Um, so, it's just going to be what kind of impact does that have? But but the new coordinators, it's it's to be determined. Yeah, and Trey's going to be a big guy to watch because uh, that's the guy that you're going to need next season. I know we can talk about uh, the portal. Um, who are they going to get? Uh, Julian Fleming has been – it's been two weeks about since that those crystal balls were forecasted, but still no official word on that commitment. Um, I think you need at least two receivers out of the portal. Um, they don't have any so far. They're going to get definitely at least one, but we'll see. 
what they do. But uh, Trey Wallace is a guy that's going to be back next season, and uh, he's a guy you're going to need. He was really kind of had the year stolen from him, uh, started out uh, that great game against West Virginia, and then got hurt against Delaware, I want to say, or maybe it's between week two and week three, I think. Uh, but uh, he basically ended up missing most of the year. And if he's healthy the whole season, uh, that might change the outlook of the receivers um, slightly. Uh, I don't know how much it would have changed because the depth just wasn't there with the receiving core. Um, we all know that. But part of that was because of Trey, Wall Trey Wallace's absence. So if he can have a big game against Ole Miss, um, that's a big sign for 2024 because he's a guy that is going to be needed next year. That's a, that's a really good point, Joe. But we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the coordinators, their interim tags, and what's to come in the Peach Bowl itself when we come back for the second segment of the Lashing Out podcast on the Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the second segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Sports Now Network. There, Joe and Kevin. I'm Jared. Gentlemen, there is a football game to be played. It is finally bowl week. There have been 16 practices or so between the end of the season and, and the game. Now it's time to talk the game. And I and I want to touch on, on Lane's, Lane Kiffin's comments um, just a couple days ago. He mentioned how they, Penn State is such a wild card right now. And they're a wild card, even with their the same personnel, essentially. But they're a wild card because they have co-interim coordinators on offense, but also an interim coordinator on defense. So they're not quite sure what's going to happen, or Ole Miss isn't quite sure what's going to happen. They can really speculate how things are going to go. Ty Howell and, and Jaywan Sider have had a month to put in their offense and put in their, or, or their, their touches on things. They talked – during the offensive coordinator's press conference uh, on Wednesday about being able to put their things in and being able to scheme for the players rather than the play. And I think there is an immense amount of value in doing that. And that's something that obviously Mike Gersich wasn't capable of doing for Penn State. And no. I think it showed in a, in a big way. But now if you're able to kind of manipulate your offensive schemes around certain players like Katrin Allen, like Nick Singleton, like – Keandre Lambert-Smith and, and Trey Wallace and Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren. Life is not going to be bad for the Penn State offense if they're able to, to get things going on Saturday. Certainly not. And if you listen to national media or you listen just to the Ole Miss media, um, if you go down that wormhole, it's that Penn State's offense isn't good. The strength is Penn State's defense versus Ole Miss's offense. But Penn State offense has the ultimate wild card. It's the ultimate mystery, and it's the ultimate advantage. Ole Miss has both of their coordinators. They kept them both intact. The film is there. All 12, all 12 games, 13 weeks of the season, they're on film. What Penn State is going to do on offense, there's only two weeks of film for it. Trey Wallace played in neither of those games. And how much offense can you install in two weeks with game prep? You can't, you can't do much especially with the NCAA rules on how much practice time you get. So they've had a month to do it, like you said, and this offense could look completely different than what is on tape for the previous 12, 12 games this season. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, it's kind of um, interesting, the 
differences in how the offense is versus how the defense is in terms of changing coordinators. Because obviously um, the offensive coordinator was forced out um, of Penn State, which means that a lot needed to be changed with the offense. Defensively, I mean, Anthony Poindexter basically has a Maserati and can't crash it. Now, I'm, that's not demeaning towards Anthony Poindexter because he's the big. He's a big reason the Penn State defense is a Maserati. You look at what the safeties have done over the past few seasons, and he was the co, co-defensive coordinator too, so he definitely had his fingerprints really all over uh, what Penn State was able to do. Uh, but, yeah, I think offensively it's definitely going to be uh, what to watch for, I think. Um, I think uh, in Saturday's game, because who knows like what they're going to change, as you said, Kevin. Uh, against Michigan State, um, things worked really well. Um, and what we saw against Michigan State, I think, was a lot different than what we saw with Mike Yursich. But um, a colleague of mine, Ben Jones, brought up a good point during the Michigan State game. He basically said um, kind of uh, – I don't, I don't want to say um, – diminishing the optimism but kind of pumping the brakes by saying well Penn State was beating the crap out of bad teams under Mike Yursich too and Michigan State was definitely a bad team Ole Miss is a very good team so seeing what this offense can do with Drew Hour uh, with Ty Howe J1 Setter calling the site calling the shots excuse me against a team uh, that can actually tackle and hit back uh, that's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like schematically and the most interesting part is going to be how drew hour um and everybody uh executes the benefit the penn state offense has is that andy kotelnicki has been there since day one of bull prep that to me i think is a big factor because yeah he is learning how penn state does things he's learning more about players and how they practice and how they do certain things and, and whatever but he's a guy in that room that they can bounce ideas off of tom allen just gets on board last week. Not saying any, that that's a bad thing at all. I think it's a very similar, but they've been able to bounce those ideas off of Kodo Nikki. He's been around a while now, um, as far as being around the, the program, which I think there's there's a, a good deal of, of value in that. So when when you're able to provide that and you're able to handle that, I think that's a great situation offensively. And that's where I mean defense. Ben, you know what what you're going to get for the Penn State defense. Um, and you're and you're right. And, uh, point next year does have the keys to a to a very high powered car in his garage. But yeah, he, but in, in his defense, Ole Miss is a very potent offense. They're, they're an SEC team that's going for their 11th win. That's there's a value in that. That's that's not easy for an SEC team such as Ole Miss. They've extended Kiffin. Kiffin has done a great job down there. They have a dog that retrieves tees, Juice Kiffin. Life's not too bad if you're a running rebel. Is, is no. Juice going to be at the Peach Bowl? I'm guessing he is. I have no idea. But 11 wins for Ole Miss. I hope so. 11 wins for Ole Miss would be the first time in program history. Ole Miss has never won 11 games before, ever. It would be Penn State also has a chance to go for 11 wins for the fifth time under James Franklin in 10 seasons. There's a but lot. That's not enough for James Franklin. That's not enough to Penn State fans, right? It's not. However, you have teams who are relatively unproven. They've beaten everybody but both of them. Penn State is 21-0 in the last two seasons against teams not named Michigan and Ohio State. Ole Miss, they're 10-0 against teams not named Alabama and Georgia. They lost to both of those. This is going to be a game that is program-defining 
the Ole Miss fan base, I've been deep in Ole Miss podcasts and Ole Miss beat writing and all this other stuff all day long. The Ole Miss fan base is absolutely buzzing about the number one ranked transfer portal recruiting class. And they're looking towards next year just the same way that Penn State's looking toward look towards this year and the way that we're going to be looking at Penn State next year. Both of these teams have a lot to play for. And I, I do still think it's advantage Penn State because they have the offense advantage because of the wild card. And Penn State's defense is probably way more proven than Ole Miss's defense. And Ole Miss's offense, they put up 700 and some yards against LSU. But LSU kind of had a porous defense this year. And Ole Miss also gave up 640 yards in that game as well. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see Penn State's number one in total yards, yards per play, sacks, tackles for loss, and number three in scoring. This is this is strength against strength. And Ole Miss's offense really crumbled against Georgia and really crumbled against Alabama. And they, they played Alabama the week after Alabama struggled against USF. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I, both teams are building towards next year. And I think I think Ole Miss, is, Ole Miss has a lot to build for. But Penn State, I mean, this is probably a playoff matchup next year. Yeah, it's pretty fun to look at just all the intrigue in this game. You know, in this age, um, everybody looks at all but two bowl games uh, with – um, at least um, some form of cynicism uh, because of opt-outs uh, and now the transfer portal and all that. But um, you break down uh, either side. Penn State could be the first team to win all six New Year's Six Bowl games. And as Franklin pointed out, Tuesday um, would be the only team to do that with how the playoff is changing next year. Um, have a chance to win 11 games uh, back-to-back. Both teams have a chance to finish in the top 10. Uh, both teams have good young quarterbacks um, that are going to be back next season. So building for the future there. And then, as you mentioned, Kevin, Ole Miss, uh, first team, first Ole Miss team ever, it would be to win 11 games if it can beat Penn State. And both of these teams are really similar um, in that they've beaten everybody except the big dogs in the conference, Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss lost to them, beat everybody else. Penn State, we all know about Michigan and Ohio State. So, um, I, I, I feel like I've said this so much, uh, but it's one of the truest things about Penn State football is that there hasn't been any middle ground um, at all, really, the last two seasons. What I mean by that is Ole Miss is not a mid-level team. I'm not trying to say that, but what I mean by that is you're either playing a perennial college football playoff contender slash participant in Ohio State or Michigan or you're playing a team that you're expected to wipe the floor with. And you can't really impress anybody either way in that regard. But Penn State can impress people by winning this game, and they won't have to beat um, the number one team in the country in Michigan. They won't have to beat Ohio State and Columbus. They can beat a team that's more at their level, but impress people doing it, if that makes sense. And I think that'd be the biggest takeaway if Penn State wins the Peach Bowl is kind of like what happened with Utah last year, right? Utah was, I think, a fringe top team uh, in Penn State. I think it opened a lot of eyes. Um, Obviously, you could argue how it was followed into the next season, but at that time, beating Utah was thought of as a big springboard into 2023. And I think Penn State beating Ole Miss will be a big springboard in the 2024, and the same goes for Ole Miss too. So it's going to be a good one. And two charismatic coaches as well. That doesn't hurt. Yeah, and I think that's a very good point. You know, you, you mentioned the coaches, and I, I think the way they go about things are, are very, very different, right? Lane Kiffin was out and about on Twitter all over this matchup. As soon as it came out, he 
tweeted at Chop Robinson, best of luck. Thank God you're not playing. Whatever. Um, you know, and, and certain things like that. But, you know, there's mutual respect between the two coaches. And this is a this is for James Franklin a, a way to get a win against a team, a top team in Ole Miss. It's a top ten team, top ten program right now. It's not Ohio State or Michigan, right? You know, we, we say it all the time about Ohio State, Michigan, this, Michigan, that, whatever. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about Michigan in the third segment and, and, and our friend Coach Harbaugh. But the fact of the matter is not many teams are beating either, either of those teams, James Franklin included. That's just the way that it is right now. You're in a historic era for both of those. But for Penn State to go out and be able to win the Peach Bowl, the sixth New Year's Six game, um, that would be the first program to do that. And this era of college football is, is not easy. Um, college football is going to change next year with the 12-team playoff. We're going to be debating on teams that are the 13th and 14th ranked team. Why should they have gotten in now, it, rather than why did Florida State get snubbed? And then 20 of their players enter the portal. They're not enter the portal, but opt out of the bowl game. So, you know, for, the, for this game, this is a great matchup. I think it's one of the better matchups, more even matchups of the New Year's Six. Um, and that's not easy to do the way that, that things are. But for James Franklin and Lane Kiffin, they've got done it um, differently, uh, to say the least. But it, but it works for, for each of them. And I think there's value in, in staying true to yourself and, and trusting that process no matter who the coach is. And uh, James Franklin has a chance to win his fourth New Year's Six Bowl game. Mm-hmm. Rose, Fiesta, Cotton, and now the Peach. That's I mean, that's a big accomplishment for him as well. So. Yeah, and he, he's, he would have won every game he's played in, too, because he lost the Rose Bowl to USC, but then he ended up winning the Rose Bowl. So, Right. No, and, and that's – and, 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 and we can sit here and debate, like, why don't they beat Michigan or beat Ohio State? Well, they're beating teams that they're also supposed to, right? Nobody's expecting them to go out and beat – yeah, it, it's not great when you get thumped by them. But at the same time, going out there performing the way that they can perform against Ole Miss – Potentially getting a win would go a long way to springboard into the offseason and getting those 16 guys or 15 guys that they just early that are in early enrollees on campus and get them into practicing, get them into that college lifestyle, that college atmosphere, and then go into the 2024 season knowing that you have a, a, an awesome opportunity to potentially host a, a playoff game at Beaver Stadium. In December, yeah, and just to show how important it is, of all the New Year's Six bowls, this game probably has the least number of opt-outs. There's only three, as of right now, that we know of, of full game opt-outs. So, just it shows just how much there's buy-in to these individual programs, and just how much it means, and how committed these teams are to to showing out and doing giving a good performance at the Peach Bowl. It's not going to be. Um, Ole Miss versus UCF in the Peach Bowl from a few years ago when they just kind of absolutely mailed it in and UCF goes on to claim the national championship that year. So, well, they'll get, they'll get me started on that. Anyhow. No, and I think that's a really, really good point. You know, um, we, we talk about these bowls all the time and, and we talk about um, what's next. You know, my favorite, and we'll talk about this here in, in a little bit, but um, – it's just one of those deals now where Penn State gets – yeah, like even Saquon Barkley. Think about this. Saquon Barkley was a top three pick when he played at Penn State. He still played in the Fiesta Bowl. He played sparingly, 
but he still played, and they still won. They played, played long enough against, to rip off what what was it, an eighty-one yard run? Yeah, um, against Chris Peterson's Washington team. You know that was a game I was fortunate enough to be at. This is uh, I'm fortunate. This is my third New Year's Six game. So there's there's a lot of value in that, both for media's sake and for for program's sake. But we're going to talk a little bit more about the the rest of the bowl games, and even more about God knows what when we come back for the third and final segment of the Last Shout Podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and Indy Sports Now Network. I'm Jared. They are Kevin and Joe. Gentlemen, let's wrap up Penn State talk. Bull predictions. What do we got for this game? So Cedric Johnson was the lone opt-out for Ole Miss. 40 tackles this year, five and a half sacks. He's their primary pass rusher. Five and a half sacks was tied for the team lead. The second best defensive player for Ole Miss is a safety. Their defense is extremely mid, uh, as the kids would say. Penn State's offense is going to be new look. It impressed against Michigan State. It was incredibly balanced, nearly 50%. And at 600 yards, 50% was through the air, 50% was on the ground. It remarkably balanced. Ole Miss got thumped by Georgia, 35 points late in the season. They're going to have something to prove. But Georgia showed that that offense could be stopped. Ole Miss, if Ole Miss gets out hot, that's completely fine. Ole Miss scored on their first two possessions against Georgia, and I was like, oh, boy, we have ourselves a game. Georgia went on to absolutely dog walk them. I think they forced like four straight three and outs in the second half. Penn State's defense is going to, is probably better than Georgia's. If not, it's exactly the same. Probably a little bit more athletic, probably a little bit stronger front seven, especially at defensive end. The athletic linebackers and Abdul and Idisa Isaac, uh, or excuse me, Curtis Jacobs. Idisa Isaac plays defensive end. Um, Curtis Jacobs and Abdul Carter could have absolute games at outside linebacker. I think they're going to have a lot of freedom under Poindexter. Um, the Manny Diaz defense is still going to have the remnants. It's still going to be a lot of pressure. Uh, can they upset Jackson Dart? Can they force him to have – he has like a 65% completion percentage this year. Can they force him in the low 60s? Can they force him into the 50s? Um, if they put a lot of pressure on him, it's the absence of Johnny Dixon and the limited role of Kalen King probably doesn't play that big of a factor if he's has less than two seconds to throw. So I think Penn State gets it done. I'm 31-17. Uh, the spread of the game, sorry, I beat that. Uh, Penn State four-and-a-half-point favorites over under a 48-and-a-half. Weather doesn't matter because it's a dome. So I am – right at the under of 48 points. So 31-17 Penn State. Yeah, I'll go 34-24. Um, I think Penn State wins this game for a few reasons. Uh, one, James Franklin uh, does not lose games uh, in which he is favored in, which I'm pretty sure Penn State's still a slight favorite. Um, and you have your exceptions, obviously. Um, Ellen, the nine-overtime game against Illinois, everybody will talk about. Um in a bowl game, the Kentucky Citrus Bowl will come up. But for the most part, especially over the past two years, um, if Penn State's favored to win, whether you're ranked, unranked, whatever, um, they're, they're going to get it done. And I, I think they have that going for them. I think the fact that offensively uh, this is going to be your last chance to play um, with the play under Ty Howe and J1 Sider. Uh, defensively, it's going to be your – I shouldn't say the only chance because he was the coordinator in the – 
Outback Bowl two years ago, but it's going to be your one of your only chances uh, to perform with Anthony Poindexter calling the shots. I think both of those groups are going to be motivated. And I think, as we mentioned earlier, there's enough reasons to be motivated about this game to where you're not going to get a bad effort from Penn State. But I also think the stress of the regular season is kind of off, right? You're, you're not worrying about being good enough to beat Michigan. You're not worrying about beating Ohio State. That That's done. That's in the past. Whatever. It was a disappointment, but you can move on. Um, and I think bowl games naturally have more of uh, definitely this day and age, like kind of a free-flowing uh, feel to it. Um, I don't want to – relax might be a strong word, but um, it's, I think, more fun for the players um, than, than the average game is. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Penn State has a lot going for it. I think that uh, the offense has really kind of found itself over the past uh, month. Uh, I'm not 100% about that yet because – it was just Michigan state, but I really do think that the product is a lot better than it was um, during Mike Yurcich is uh tenure. Uh, and yeah, I, I just think uh, the vibes are really good around uh, this Penn state team. They have been um, really, and I don't want to say it's because Mike Yurcich got fired, but uh, since Yurcich um, is removal, we'll just use that as like kind of a timestamp since after the Michigan game, uh, Things have been um, pretty relaxed. Uh, they've been playing good football, and I expect Penn State to continue to play good football. And Ole Miss, Jackson, Dart, they'll have their moments, uh, but Penn, Penn State's going to get it done in the end. For me, I, I very much agree with, the, with both of you. I have them scoring 38 points. I typically have them on the higher end of the scoring train, um, but I've also got them allowing only about 17 uh, to Ole Miss. I do think the Penn State defense continues to show up. They only right now, only Johnny Dixon's questionable as far as what he's going to do, what's going on there. Um, and there's probably a little bit of gamesmanship there with Franklin and company as well. But when you're only down Chop Robinson, they prove that honestly, yes, Chop's a big deal, but they can play and have success without him. Um, so there's that. But I do, I do think it's going to be 38 to 17 Penn State uh, when it's all said and done on Saturday night. Saturday afternoon, I should say, in Atlanta. But let's get to some other games. Uh, obviously, um, our friend um, Jim Harbaugh is is a treasure, man. Like, there is nothing I enjoy more than, than Jim Harbaugh talking to the media. Um, today, he was asked about this, the L.A. Chargers job, and it's one of those situations where, you know, now it's one of those – he just skirts around it like, and, and it's like a NASCAR race. He is, he's talking to Mike Tomlin, word suit, the word race. And I think that's, um, that's honestly one of the more in, impressive things um, for Harbaugh. But, you know, we, as we are, as we're talking, we're recording this, uh, we probably should break some news. Joe, if you want to go ahead and talk about that, by all means, go for it. Uh, well, this, this isn't going to rival, uh, Watergate or the White Bronco chase or any of that type of breaking news, but it's still news that Disa Isaac will not be Penn State next season. Um, he's declared for the NFL draft, which isn't a surprise to anybody because he is very good and has been playing college football for five years. He will play in the Peach Bowl, so kind of a theme uh, with Penn State's team is that uh, guys are opting out, or excuse me, not opting out, but declaring for the draft. Uh, so Adisa Isaac will be there against Ole Miss. I actually think he already announced that uh, beforehand, but he will not be at Penn State next season. He'll be 
in the NFL, and I think I think he could have a pretty solid career uh, in that league. Yeah, I mean, he's fast, he's quick, and he had an excellent season. So, stock is at an all-time. Stock is at an all-time. Stock is at an all-time high for Adisa Isaac. So, you know, props to him for performing as well as he did this year, and you know, best of luck next year in the draft. But I honestly thought he'd already declared for the draft. I I kind of figured that this was going to be the the last game for him, no matter what. Uh, But but good for him, um, and and going to the going to the league, um, you know. It's it's Saturday in itself is going to be great. You know, it, it gets all started really with the New Year's Six, um, with the Cotton Bowl in Missouri and Ohio State. What Ohio State's going to do at quarterback with McCord, with Kyle McCord going to uh, Syracuse. Um, not quite sure what that's going to do. That's down in Jerry World, um, the Palace in Dallas. If I do say so myself, of course that's the one Penn State New Year's Six game that I haven't and I didn't go to um, solely. Uh, because I elected to go to a basketball tournament when I was coaching basketball instead. Um, but God forbid I would have gone to a game in my favorite stadium where my favorite NFL team plays. So I, I tend to kick myself for that one. Then Saturday you got the Peach Bowl with Penn State and Ole Miss. Uh, Georgia and Florida State is the most intriguing bowl game to me outside of Penn State Ole Miss, solely because Florida State has been hit hard, not just by opt-outs, but essentially – they're opting out of the ACC, which I think is kind of crazy as well. Yeah, Jared, you forgot about my boys. The Arizona Wildcats taking on Oklahoma tomorrow night. Alamo Bowl going to be a How big, could I forget? big 2024 season up, coming up for my Wildcats. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, Ohio State, Missouri is going to be interesting. Devin Brown cannot throw a football, it doesn't seem, and his limited game action that happened this year. Uh, Kyle McCord is already in Syracuse. Uh, funnily enough, uh, was on the sideline when they lost to Marshall. I do believe Jared we without talked- a quarterback, they did not have a quarterback. With uh, yeah, uh, we talked about that last week. So uh, Missouri, how well can they do against Ohio State's defense, which uh, has proven to be very tough? Um, Penn State found that out the hard way. Um, and yeah, Georgia, Florida State. <laughs> I don't know if any any players are left to play that game besides Carson Beck. Um, all of Florida State's opting out because we're transferring their backup quarterback transferred as well. Yeah. So they're going to be down to their third string quarterback. I, his name escapes me, but he was hot dog water against Louisville in the ACC championship game. No offense to him. Uh, he is a third string quarterback um, with a lot to prove. So a lot of room to grow, grow there, but uh, I don't think that much growth is going to happen in the month since the ACC championship game. And yeah, we roll into Monday, which, uh, which is the final four. So, Excuse me, the college football playoff. Can't say the final four. Wrong college sport. And we'll record before those games um, on Monday. So, Joe, before we before we go, what what bowl game outside of Penn State are you looking forward to between now and Saturday? Um, I will say. And I'm not just doing this to please Kevin. I think Arizona and Oklahoma is going to be very good. Um, I think both teams um, are good. I know Oklahoma kind of fell off, uh, but Arizona has had a surprisingly good year. Um, I knew about it. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I'm definitely a bandwagon on that one. Sorry. Both both high-powered offenses. And, you know, it feels like the Alamo Bowl um, is just – Always entertaining, uh, whether it's last year's game, Texas-Washington, that ended up being a playoff game this year, which we're going to see. Um, there's been some other ones, 20, 
I think 2015 uh, was when TCU fell behind 31 nothing to Oregon and came back and won. So the Alpha Bowl was just one of those games where something something pretty wild is going to happen, and I think that this is the perfect recipe for uh, for that type of game. And yeah, I'm I'm exciting. I'm excited to see it. That about wraps it up for us this week. Our bowl preparations are done. We are now entering our travel day. Well, some of us are entering a travel day uh, to head down to Atlanta, where we'll have even more content to come from the site of the Peach Bowl between Joe and myself once I arrive down south. But for Kevin Quickly and Joe Smeltzer, this has been Jared Prugar on the Lashing Out Podcast. We greatly appreciate you listening. We'll catch you again after the bowl game on Saturday. <laughs>